the San Jose Sharks return home after a five-game road trip. And uh, whoops, they for those who have been long around, it was a Ben Scrivens night for Jake Allen. We'll talk about that and a lot more happening around hockey right now. This is Teal Town After Dark. Good evening, everyone. It is Thursday night, October 28th, 2021. The Sharks lose to the Montreal Canadiens 4-0 back at the Shark Tank in stealth mode for the first time in a couple of seasons. We welcome you to Teal Town After Dark. This is your live interactive Sharks post game. We do this after every game, so teal together and chat with us and fellow hockey fans on the page or the app. Follow us on the social, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Spotify, SoundCloud, <laughs> excuse me, Reddit, and of course our Discord, and find everything at tealtownusa.com. We're in stealth mode. As they are in stealth mode, I would like to say hello to my good friend, Ian Reed. Hello. I'm here. This will be interesting. <laughs> I, I, I might want to put the kids to bed for this one. Oh, boy. I don't know. We'll see. Be prepared, folks. You've been warned. Ian is about to go off. Uh, you know, one of the big things I think everybody was talking about uh, tonight, uh, Jim A and FLA, anybody know what the attendance was from the TV views? It had to be less than 10,000. According to Chris Pashelka, I think it was over 11,000 tickets yeah. sold. Yeah, 11 something. Um. I mean, there's just a it was just a scotch over uh, what was held at the Cal Palace. So uh, haven't gotten below Cal Palace standards for attendance yet. But let's be honest here, Ian. Uh, I, I don't know if you saw that that article in the Athletic, but attendance is down everywhere in the NHL. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I mean, I, you can see it just from watching other games and you know tuning into other games for like you know a few minutes here and there you can kind of see across the league that attendance is uh definitely down i think there's probably a lot of reasons for that um you know there's obviously look whether i think people should or not there's people that don't want to be vaccinated in a lot of these places there is a vaccine mandate to get in the building um so i think that's having an effect i think some people you know some people are probably still being cautious and i don't blame them for that either again i'm not like I'm not here to say who's right and who's wrong. I just think that there's obviously contributing factors and we're not out of the woods yet. And, you know, I, I know a lot of a lot of the Canadian rinks uh, just got to full capacity. I think Vancouver was the last one just last week uh, mm -hmm. for that. Uh, I know some uh, like Texas and Florida have been at full capacity for a bit. Um and yeah, I mean, let's let's be honest here. Some people are being safe. It's yeah. it's and it's not just you know it's not just the NHL. It's it's a lot of teams around. Just I think the Sharks are getting hit with it because it's something we haven't seen. Well, and I think a lot of people like I, I, I something that you know doesn't for, forget the the vaccine mandates and everything else and how you may feel about that. Right. But I think you know a lot of people didn't come out of this thing like 
great, right? Like, I'm sure some people are probably hurting for disposable income that they can go to watch a team look as terrible as the one did tonight on the ice, right? Like, I, I think there's a lot of factors. I think some, you know, the, the pandemic hurt people yeah, financially. And, you know, as, as much as people like going to games, going to games is a luxury, man. It's not a necessity. Like, if you're, you know, are, are you going to go to a Sharks game or are you going to pay your rent? Probably going to pay your rent. I would hope so anyway. I mean, uh, don't. <laughs> God, if you're watching this and, and you're and that's an actual choice you have to make, like do the smart thing, pay your rent, don't be an idiot. Unless you can con- somehow convince them to make the Shark Tank your your uh, place of residence, I, which I, if you if they will let you uh, reside in SAP <laughs> Center, then you know, then maybe. But I, as far as I know, you can't live in SAP Center, so you, pay your rent. You and me would sign up first and foremost if that was the case for sure. Oh uh, man, could you imagine? Oh. Hey, free skating time or whatever, you know it. Especially for me, I'll be excited for that. Uh, 21 Pucks saying, Angry Canadian Robot is here to say who is right and who is wrong. They're fired up. So why don't we uh, just grip it and rip it and get right to it. Uh, Sharks return home after a successful, we'll say successful, uh, three... Let's get this, let's get the, get the other thing out of the way first. Uh So we can... Let's let's talk about the whole Chicago thing first. Uh, well, I'm gonna have to hold you there because someone is okay. merging in. So, All right. Uh, we will get to that for sure. But uh, let's checking in. Uh, uh oh, it's AJ. Hello, uh, motherfuckers. Oh boy, hang on. Let me get uh Ian back on here really quick. Uh, who? Ian. Are <laughs> he is ready to uh. Who? Shut up, AJ. <laughs> so how how was it at the tank tonight while I get uh, Ian back on here? Okay, what now? How how was it at the tank tonight? Uh, they said about eleven thousand were at the tank this evening. Yeah, I feel like that might be maybe about right. It felt a little less than that. I'm I'm not gonna lie. It's uh, it, it was. There, there were some banks of seats in the upper bowl that were unused the entire time. It was kind of disappointing. For all the talk that there was about getting into the venue on opening night, uh, tonight, not a problem. Easy, easy like that. Easy peasy. Also, so, I also helped that John Becker actually uh, uh, checked your clear app. <laughs> Well, and see, that's the funny thing is that Becker and Bentz were literally next to each other checking people's Vax cards. They weren't checking the clear app. They were check. We got into the wrong line, actually. <laughs> so they they checked our clear app even though they weren't supposed to. They're just checking cards. But either way, it, it does go to show that the uh, Sharks are in desperate need of uh, finding some employees right now. But, uh, hey, give it up to them. They're out there. They're working it. They're doing what they need to do. You know, great for them. It was fun to see Drew and Randy together yet again down in the the old cockpit, if you will, in front of 215. You know, not way up in the rafters, but down there because all the Montreal media had to come in. But uh, nice to see. Drew and Randy together again. There was a lot of people walking by throughout the night. Go, Drew! 
Drew, good to see you, buddy. You know, everybody loves Drew. Gotcha. All good, man. Uh, just a tough one to take. Uh, oh, was there a game tonight? There was a game tonight. I hope you had okay. fun. <laughs> uh, so. Well, I mean, you know, it, it's more fun to shut them out than to get shut out, but okay. Right, right. So, gotcha. with that, uh, just, just wanted to check in with you guys and say, uh, confirm that, yeah, there could have been a few more people here. We'll see what happens on a 4 o'clock game on Saturday. You know, Los Tiburones, 4 o'clock game on Saturday could be an interesting uh, attendance figure. But we'll see as things go on. So, so beginning of this is one of five at home, right? So let's see how it goes. All righty. Sounds good. And so, uh, I mean, Ian didn't say hi to me, but that's fine. That's Sorry, fine. I, was, I was letting you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Talk to you later, boss. Take care. Have a good one. Take care, buddy. All right. So uh, that was AJ checking in. He was supposed to have a special guest, I thought, but whatever. Whatever. Um, so do you want to, uh, as we were... Let's get it out of the way, because okay. honestly... Like, it's going to make me mad, and this game is going to make me mad. I don't know if we want to talk about this game and then talk about that, because then I'll be really mad, and I don't know. Do you want me to swear about this or swear about the Sharks? I, I think you're probably going to go both, So, and I'm, oh. I'm probably going to be right with you on it, too. So, Yeah. Um, so, I mean, break it down. Uh, tonight's game or, or uh, no. uh, Chicago? Okay. Well, Chicago, I mean, a lot of things went down yesterday uh kyle uh, beach came out uh and said that he was john doe one uh spoke to rick west head of tsn who him along with katie strang from the athletic really yeah did Good. did a hell of a job breaking breaking in on this uh i think it's you know uh unreal story and kevin made a good point on twitter the other day or yesterday saying about akeem alu was in this organization around the same time definitely had to deal with racial crap um mm -hmm. you know and it's just bs and and to you know don't tell me you didn't know you know because yeah. i i you guys are waiting until the last moment to basically can stan bowman uh, mm -hmm. Then Gary Bettman meets with Joel Quenfold today, and it came out like just prior to puck drop in San Jose that Quenville stepped down. Yeah. So here's here's my thoughts on this. Right. Um, remember when this used to be fun? Oh, God, no kidding. No, really. Like, and I and I'm not saying like, and I don't want this to come out the wrong way, right? Like, I don't need fucking ghouls on Twitter going like, oh. You know, bad stuff happened. Now Ian doesn't find hockey fun anymore. Poor Ian. Like, this, that's not where I'm going with this. But, like, this, especially this season, like, like I love coming on here and I love talking about hockey. Right? Right. Like, I love it. I mean, otherwise I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't stay up all hours of the night. Like, it's 1.30 in the morning right now for me, local. But, I mean, this last summer has just kicked the shit out of me. Between Evander Kane, which is a fucking nightmare in itself, and more, you know, and more stuff of that drop today, where, you know, one of the people 
who has some litigation against him over uh, an alleged sexual assault and battery in Buffalo, you know, wants to get her basically permission from the from the bankruptcy court to let her case be dealt with. And I can't even imagine that. Right. And then you come to this, this stuff in Chicago and the worst part about this stuff in Chicago is like, it just, John Tortorella said it best. It it would have taken one person, one person to do the right thing. It's, it's insane that you have all these people and not one of them could do the right thing. It's it's easy to go with the flow. I get it, right? It's easy to go with the flow. But one person, like, I have no tears shed over, you know, Joel Quinville losing his job after, you know, leading the Panthers to a 7-0 start because there's more important things than than winning. Like, if we're not taking care of people, what the fuck are we doing? And that's the problem in the NHL is, like, Winning is put ahead of so many things. And I just, I don't understand, right? And this is why I laughed when people are like, oh, well, you know, going back to Evander Kane for a second. Oh, well, don't worry. There's going to be charges coming. And then Evander Kane won't be a shark. Because the shark, you know, because in California, submitting a fake fake fax card is a felony. And they would never deal with that in-house. Are you fucking kidding me? Look what they just did. Look at this. Look at Minnesota's got a there was it in Pittsburgh I guess Bill Guerin yeah Guerin with Pittsburgh right you know and it's like you think that the NHL wouldn't deal with shit internally or not deal with shit at all like right at this point I'm fully expecting Evander Kane to walk back into this lineup come November whatever 30th and no one's gonna fucking like it but it's I like until I see it not happen I'm I don't believe it won't happen and why should I? What has the NHL done to convince any of us that they can do the fucking right thing? The only reason they doing the right thing now is because it fucking got brought to the surface. And, you know, big again, time. big time, big work for for Rick Westhead and, and, and Katie Strang for, you know, putting a bright light on this. And, and looking at like guys like Nick Boynton and Brett Sopel who basically came to defense and said, yeah, everybody knew. Everybody mm-hmm. knew. And, and at practice, giving, you know, homophobic slurs to mm-hmm. to Kyle Beach. I mean, what on earth? The the it psyche sucks, and the mental right? psyche, it, it, it's just awful. And, and yeah. you see all the articles. I know somebody had posted, like, screenshots of articles. The biggest first-round bust ever. And, you know, and Kevin, you're saying it in a chat, too. I believe the NHL also knew more than they let on. That's why the lame duck discipline by the league. They don't want to do something that may come off as hypocritical in the future. You know, well, I mean, that ship has fucking sailed. But I mean, you know, it, it you, makes you wonder wh- how the Coyotes get fined more for this. The Jersey the... Devils got fined more and lost draft picks for Ilya Kovalchuk's cap serpent venting contract and the Chicago Blackhawks. One of the richest owners in the league gets One a those... two million dollar fine. Yeah, let me. I'll get that out of my couch cushions for you. That's like twenty bucks. Says for the Woods family, right? <sighs> it sucks, right? And I, I, and I, now look at I, I, and I want to say like I don't want to. I'm not going to speak on the details because I haven't watched the interview. I can't. I just I can't do it. And, and... I, and I can't read the report. I just, I like I've 
just knowing what I know about this is enough for me. Like I will take everyone's word for it that the interview's gut wrenching and the report is sickening. I, I will take your word for it. I can't do it. Yeah. It's 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 a tough one. We recommend that you, you take a look at the one uh the interview on TSN's YouTube channel uh when you get a chance because it's it's a tough one to take. Um no one. Doesn't matter if you're Male, female, non-binary, yeah. or whoever should ever whatever. be dealing with this. Shouldn't nope. be. No, nope. and yeah. it, and if and if you are like there are and if you are or have been, you know like there's again and I'll tweet them out later. Like there are obviously places you can go for help and you know to to deal with the after effects. And I strongly encourage anybody who's been in the situation to you know to reach out and use those um resources that are available to you um you know because you're not alone that's for damn sure you're not alone yeah and um i know landy even wanted to stretch out in this with all the stuff that came in to tonight i'm going to uh get him into this uh, call here right now because it is um it is a subject that you know it's tough. It's it's gonna make you uncomfortable, but you know what? Um, it needs to be said. It needs to be said because there's mm -hmm. you know no problem to it. So let me let me add him on. Give me a sec. Ian, hate to do this while we have uh, we get on here. Uh, Landy, bud, you you with me here? There you are, bud. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Um, your mic. Yeah, there we go. There we go. <laughs> uh, um, hi, bud. Uh, I hate, I hate to uh, be <laughs> having this uh, conversation here, but, uh, you know, it, it's one that needs to be had. So, um, yeah. Oh, you wanted to share your thoughts along with Ian on this subject. So I'll, I'll let you have it. Yeah. I mean, uh, Ian put it very eloquently and I think, all I want to do is kind of expand upon it a little bit. We had, I mean, how many times, how many black eyes is it going to take the NHL to get their heads out of their asses on, on player relations? I mean, Ian remembers Theo Fleury. Mm -hmm. Ian, you know, Ian remembers, you know, countless other people. I mean, Sheldon Brett Kennedy. Hall. I'm even talking the, the, the whole, the elder mm -hmm. Hall. And and how he he how how his um, domestic violence was was covered up basically by the NHL. And, oh, and oh oh right, like the, the that stupid request that you like. How are players gonna feel like drinking out of the cup? Like shit, you think that's the only name on there that would fucking make you feel bad about drinking out of that cup? Oh man, yeah. Fuck. It, it, what a stupid. It, it, and and it's like. How many how how many black eyes is it going to take before, like I said, the NHL finally realizes that it's on the wrong side of of uh, of the divide here on on how they treat players, and I think it also has to do with ho hockey culture in general. Yep. Um. You, you know, I think hockey culture is one of the last bastions of the oh rub some dirt in it mentality. Um, you know, I, I grew up playing sports that way. And, and, you know, that was kind of the way in which my dad taught me how to play sports. But I, I also know that that's not for everybody. 
And, and I also know that, you know, everybody needs to have the way in which they're approached tailored to them, you know, and it's just common courtesy and, and for uh, a, a player to be exploited by his superior, it, it's a, it's an unethical power balance there in the first place. And then to exploit him is even, even a further violation. And, and, and so, if the reports and and I haven't I haven't heard anything on on what the the rest of the team during those run you know have said, but I know some are coming to Bowman's defense. I know you know some are con- confirming what has happened yep. and and what was said on the ice. Um, but how how can you be a a, a decent human being? If you if you make fun of somebody who who has just been, you know, assaulted, violated like that, it's it's, sir, it's damn, it's it's damning, it's damning, and and you know what, it's it's more than just the Blackhawks, I guarantee you, and and I was having this conversation in the um in the green room chat, it's it's Mm -hmm. like look, I, I hate for it to be this way, but it's about the Benjamins. Yep. It's all oh, about the money. For sure. It's it's about it, and 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 look at and you know I know I know like guys like Jonathan uh, Jonathan Taze and, and uh, Patrick Kane are, are are taking some heat right now and the, and as well they should, but like that you know this is the problem with hockey culture though is like it's it's interesting how the people that aren't in the sport right now are saying completely different things from those that are in the sport. Yeah. Yeah. Like the the divide. Like if you look at like. Like what Tortorella said today on uh, on ESPN, uh, compared to what you know guys that are actually in the game still are saying. Like it's ridiculous night and day, and it just shows like the how the culture of the game like is fucked sometimes. Yeah, yeah Alex Debrinket was the best. I agree. Alex Debrinket probably had the best response on the entire Blackhawks yeah. organization. Fuck. I mean, it, and that's and that's saying something, right? I mean, it takes one of their younger players to step up and say something decent. Yeah, it, it, it's again, you know, let let's not kid ourselves. If this was on any other team, it would have been the same. It, it, there would have been similar mechanisms and similar failures. This is not just a Blackhawks problem. No, I mean, we saw Calgary, you know, like I said, with with the Flurry situation, and, and then not only that, but you have the coach, their their predecessor coach, Bill Peters. You know, he gets Bill Peters, you know, not as egregious, but still, you know, still violating players' trust. You know, mm-hmm. not only that, but you know. Also, just putting them in a position to not be professional, you know, and, and I'm at a loss for words, guys. It, it just the amount of times that, that it's going to take for for the, you know, for the whole league and for the, the culture in general to be a little bit more transparent, a little bit more forgiving, a little bit yeah. more open to to differentness. It, I have all the words. They're just profanity. It, it, the, the, you know, there's always talk about how much, you know, behind the scenes should people see on everything. You know, a, a lot of that came out more so from the Amazon All or Nothing Toronto Maple Leafs. 
documentary. But when you have stuff like this, I think maybe it's time that, you know, some of that stuff does get seen. If things are getting out of hand, things need to change. Hockey yeah, culture. I think... We just can't have hockey culture. Oh, it's hockey culture. You know, we, we had somebody say, oh, that's just locker room talk. Uh, I'm sorry, but no. You know, and the sad thing, the sad thing is, too, is like is like hockey needs a reckoning. And I don't think this is even it. I don't think yeah. this is going to be it. Like, that's the saddest we thought, part, right? Like, it needs we a We thought Akeem Alou, right? right? Right. We thought Akeem Alou was going to was going to bring the reckoning. Nope. The NHL gets, you know, gets through that pretty Scott, you know, Scott free. Yeah. And and then, you know, now this is going to crop up. And, and I'm sure it's just going to be like like, again, like Theo Fleury. It's just going to get, you know run over by you know the next you know superstar in the making or you know they'll they'll ooh we'll give you a winter classic in a new you know a new venue or you know they'll do something like that to you know make you make it shiny and make it disappear you know right yeah. and, and honestly how many how many players are going to have to go through substance abuse how many players are going to have to go through um you know, go through concussions for the rest of their life after they've done playing this game and not, you know, get mental treatment. I mean, it's just, it's just this is a union. These are union issues, I think, at this point. Right. Because and the then, NHL and that's, itself, and that's the other thing too, right? Like the, it wasn't yeah. like just like he was failed by the Blackhawks. He was failed by the PA. He was failed by the league. Like the, it's and and again, like and that's you, you look at other situations like you brought up again, failed by the PA, failed by the league. I mean, you know, that's what I mean. Like the sport needs a reckoning and, and I just, I don't even think this is going to be it. This yeah. might just be the tip of the iceberg. And if it gets worse, I mean, you know, NHL execs should be going. I don't, I, I, I just, I mean, it, you never, I mean, never say, I just, I don't see how, it, like what could be worse than this? That's the scary uh, part. You know what? That's hazing, scary. hazing, I think. If I saw hazing uh, of a of a homosexual player, I, I think that that would probably be I, I think that that would be the tip of the iceberg or some kind of like physical assault where it's more than just, uh, you know, a one on one kind of thing, but more like a team on on Jesus. somebody that that's what I think would 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 finally yeah. would, would do it. And, yeah, and- I don't know. And Marty T saying, you know, that's the PA's number one job. That stands out the most for me. Yeah, I mm-hmm. mean, there, there's that issue. Uh, not to make, not compare it with, you know, Eichel's situation, but I mean, the PA. What are you doing? This is one of your players who came up and said something. Since Chicago wasn't going to take care of thing because they were too, too busy trying to win. Apple because you never comparison though. Because no, of course, the... but they're not doing anything about it. That's yeah, that's I mean, the that's whole point. T- but it is like, yeah, I mean, it's pretty terrible. I don't know. Um, but we should probably talk about the game. Yes. Um, I mean, it's it's yeah. one of those conversations that when we started this podcast years ago, we probably didn't want to talk about because we wanted I to have can't, fun with like, it. But, right. Like, and, and, and again, like, I don't want to, like, I, I don't want that to sound like, oh, poor Ian isn't having fun because the NHL's filled with a bunch of sacks of shit. Like poor, you know, poor Ian who oh. has to talk on a podcast at one thirty in the morning. Like this isn't about poor me, but fuck, it'd be nice just to like, you know, like obviously bad things are always happening in the world on a daily basis. But man, it would be nice to be able to just talk fucking hockey no, for I, one fucking week uh, without some bullshit with Evander Kane or this or some other 
nonsense, you know, like sack uh, and, of shit problem. I, and I want to I also want to, um, you know, quickly just address something by by one of the viewers on on uh, on the chat. Look, I don't think it's a zero sum game, meaning if if one type of abuse happens then another type isn't of merit either. No, I, I think when someone says abuse in general, whether that's of the you know sexual variety, mental variety, physical variety, verbal. if someone is ver- yeah verbal variety, if someone feels that they are threatened in their workplace, because we have to remember at the end of the day for the players, this is their this is their livelihood, 100%. this is their place of work, and they should feel as safe and comfortable as if they are in an office setting. Right. And and right now the the culture in which the the game has you know traditionally progressed um has not uh, has not moved in that direction if anything it's become more secretive if anything it's become more about okay how can we keep this within the umbrella of the NHL and not let other people you know take a look at at our practices i mean how big of a fight was it for um neutral arbitrators remember in the cba um ian mm-hmm. uh, in in 05 that neutral arbitrator thing was going to be the sticking point and you know it was going to be the hill that the pa was going to die on because it was finally getting somebody else to look at the practices of of the nhl and and the nhl kicked and screamed on that yep, and, and and it, this is just an extension of that Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and it's and it's horrible. It's horrible. And and I don't know. Like I said before, I don't know how many times, how many black eyes, what it's going to take. But they're they're on the wrong side of it, guys. I, yeah. I they really are. They they yeah. they got to get their. I, I don't like this curse, but they got to get no their one, shit I think together quickly. The only person quickly. on the right side of this is Kyle Beach. Yeah. And because like, there's no one on the right side of this, like the the league isn't, the team isn't, the PA isn't, like. Well, it, again, and it sucks. And it, it like again as as. You know, I'm glad we addressed this because I think it's it's important to speak out about shit like this, right? right? Like when when shit's wrong, it should be it should be mentioned, and I, I I'm glad that we addressed it. Like I, it's you know, I, do I want to address this every show? No, no, but like I'm glad we got it out of our system but, today. You know, uh, let's let's. Well, just... I, I mean. But I do have I, I have I have thoughts on this team as well. Um, you can get to those. Yeah, yeah. I, I you know I I think <laughs> I'm waking up a little bit and and uh, you know starting to smell some coffee here. So we've got. Okay. Uh, well, let me yeah, let me just preface to... this before we transition into the game. Uh, first things first, the meeting with Gary Bettman and Winnipeg Jets general manager Kevin Sheveldayoff has been moved from Monday to Friday. Uh, so we might get more something going down uh if you're shuffled day off like you just just submit your letter dude like what are you doing yeah uh, well, yeah was... either just shut up yeah just shut up and and stay in your corner or submit your letter or both the, the well no. i think submit I your letter like, and what shut can you up. do like how do you if, if if you're true north at this point how like i know in true north are really loyal to their guys right, right. like how can you stay loyal to a guy that knows about this you can't like if if joel quenville who look at did a horrible thing, right? And you know, any any when when he was brought up earlier, he's like, no, I didn't know anything about it. Clearly, he did. But you know, two things can be true: really good coach in this league, just handed over a team that's seven and zero, 
likely to either Andrew. If Bird- you're shoveled layoff, how do you how do you how do you sit there and go? No, I'm good. Like, no, you're not. You have yeah. like he he has to go. And I guarantee that Batman basically said you can go on your own or I can force you out. And I guarantee that's how that conversation went. And I think Shovel Day also can have the same conversation. And Winnipeg's going to announce a new GM next week. The, the, I mean, maybe I, I, the other guy that I, that really brings up um, to this is, boy, I, I think Dale Talon is going to go into witness program here. He, he, there's yeah. him. Uh, wasn't Mark Bergevin part of that? that uh that team oh shit yep i forgot and let's let's not forget who he drafted in in the first round of this year's draft uh do they go deeper before we move on before we move on and before we go down this rabbit hole that i don't think we need to go down i i have been asked on twitter because obviously mike oldrich is the equipment manager for the san jose sharks yes and a lot of people have approached me on Twitter in DMs asking what should happen to him. Now, I don't, again, I didn't read the report. I don't know, like, I don't know if there was ever any situations in San Jose where something like this happened. I, I don't know. I don't think that the sins of the son should be paid for by the father. Like, if Mike Aldridge didn't do anything wrong, he shouldn't lose his job simply because his son's a sack of shit. I don't have any beef with Mike Aldrich con- continuing to work as the equipment manager of the Stanley Sharks unless he was somehow involved, which I doubt. Yeah. Probably. I mean, look oh, at Father. Oh, shit. That's not. All right. Well, I I think I might take the opposite on this one um, there, Ian, and, and I'll tell you this. Okay. Who, who best knows, you know, their, their understands their son better than the father? Well, it depends. Um, it depends be blind. No, here, here's the here's the thing, though. Okay, and I'll say this as a father myself. Yeah. yeah. You like, if you tell me my son's bad, or so did something wrong, or whatever, like, I'm gonna try and see. Well, did my son do something wrong, or what's the reasoning behind it? Right? You're gonna like, you're you're instinctively gonna protect your child instinctively I, I'm not saying like again I don't know I just I unless something comes out where uh, oh. the, you know something happened in San Jose or whatever like I, then I don't I, I don't know what you should do like I just I don't feel like you know oh like Calum goes and you know like Calum tomorrow goes and does something terrible like am I a bad guy do I have to do I have to fall on the sword I guess I do because Calum's seven but <laughs> but i mean it, if, but, you yeah, if he was like 20 something like like brad aldrich was i mean there there's there's a thing you know uh you know there there's there's that conversation uh and there's another conversation that's going to have to happen but you know and like right. manage and like manage is right nothing here happened in san jose if nothing happened in san jose then you can't fault doug wilson for giving him uh a recommendation based on a situation that never happened. Like, you know what I mean? So like, unless something comes up, if something comes up and something happened in San Jose with, with when Aldrich, when Brad Aldrich was here, then absolutely burn it down. Right. 
But and, until and, that happens, I'm not, I can't get on board with, well, this is, you know, Doug Wilson should have done something. They should have never sent him there. And Mike Aldridge is bad for getting his kid a job with the Sharks. Like, until something happened in San Jose, then I can't, you know what I mean? Like, and who's to say? Uh, I, I just, I, I just, it raises, it raises questions to me about, um, Maybe maybe the way in which the nepotism and and the way in which, um, you know, hockey bloodlines are um, not given a pass per se. But let's just say if you have a good last name or a last name that, you know, is is of value um, and, and you you kind of get a little bit of a of some special treatment there. Yeah, but I mean, so, nepotism's like, like, like I, nepotism I just, is just, old as time. I, I, of course, of course, and and I get you, but I'm just wondering if maybe, let's say, you know, the dad forgot about some particular, you know, instances of his, of his son. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, well, well, because his dad's trying to protect, right? Like, uh, of course, of course. That. Like, but that's, but that's the questions that it raises for me. For sure, it, it it definitely raises questions. But if I I can't condemn the guy without the answers, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I'm not going to create I, a scenario in my head where he's a bad guy and he has, and now he must go to satisfy my anger over this whole situation, right? Like that's what I'm saying. Like I'm saying until unless something comes up, I I can't unless there's a situation where then something happened bad in San Jose, like I can't be mad at the Sharks. Yeah. No, I mean, I, 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 and I, and I see your point. Um, I'm just, you know, for me, at least it, it starts to, you know, you, you start to, to question everything, right? Because for if sure. you think, because if you for think sure. the, I, I, the, the Blackhawks organization the was supposed to be good. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I'm just saying if, if it could happen to the Blackhawks organization, it can happen to any organization. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. But unless something comes out in San Jose, like we can't, I, I can't say Mike Aldrich is a bad guy because and, nothing happened when he was here and, you know. And, and let's be true about this, too. Who knows how close they are? And that's none of our – that's not really none of our business, too. It's – okay, look, you know? please, like, yeah, I, I, I can't I, – I can be critical of the Sharks. I have no problem being critical of the Sharks. The problem is, is you have to give me information that something actually happened. I can't just invent a scenario where – Something happened in San Jose without any like there's reports here. There's we know something happened in Chicago because there's reports. There's been an investigation, everything else. Mm-hmm. And, until there's something that shows up and says this is what happened in San Jose. Like I, you can be critical, but I mean, I can't I can't be mad at Doug Wilson because he didn't have a crystal ball to figure out that in, you know, X number of years he was going to commit a crime and and do all this shit before it happened. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll also say that John Madden did say something today, but there wasn't much into it that he was contacted again, in August 2021. But that's uh, again the, the, different things being said by people in the game to people out of the game. And so, if there's going to be, you know, again, if 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 you're involved, like there's potential for litigation, you're not going to just open your mouth and say shit if you could potentially wind up in litigation yourself. So, yep. Yep, absolutely right, right on that one. With with that, uh, we will move onward. Um, there was a game tonight between the Sharks and the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Montreal hadn't won in San Jose since 1999 with the likes of Vinny Domfus 
Owen Nolan and Jeff Friesen as your top line. Uh, but uh, we'll get into it here. Uh, Yoel Armia with two penalties in the first. The Sharks couldn't take advantage of that. The Sharks at one time were 5-for-12 in their first three games uh, on the power play, looking like we figured everything out. But, uh, Ian, I'll start with you. They, they end up being 0-for-12 you know, uh, in their last three games. Uh, it, what what do you think it is? I, I think I see more of them going up top rather than trying to crash the net a little bit more. Yeah. Um, Got to get my game face back on. Here. All right. Oh, I'm sorry. We, no, we, can have, okay. we can have a little bit of fun here uh, despite it do being you, do you want me to, do, Go ahead. Do you, yeah. want, you want me to take, sorry, yeah. take it first? Yeah, yeah go ahead. I, I think what we had tonight, Eric, I, I looked at that first period and I saw a team – that was still very tired um, and it looked like it was hung over basically you know what I mean it's it's that that first game back first period hangover that this team has notoriously had for its entire existence <laughs> and um, yeah that looked really sluggish in that first period there were so many drop passes back in the neutral zone where they're trying to get um you know the, these these drop passes on the power play um you know there are inefficient breakouts um it just looked like montreal was was trapping quite a bit um and, and the sharks couldn't solve it um and they refused to alter the way in which they forechecked to to counter and I think that plus the ineffective passes, um, there were a lot of times where a pass just blew up on a player's stick or they were failed to keep in on the blue lines. Um, you know, it was it was a lot of systems failure um, in that first period. Um, you know, we'll we'll talk a little bit about the goal, um, yeah. but I thought that the, the goaltending really was um, keeping them in and that especially in that first five. 10 minutes that that Montreal brought it yeah uh Montreal will make it one nothing as uh Mike Hoffman would score uh I would I Ian I'll, I'll come to you for the first mm-hmm. goal uh, to me it looked like uh there was and since Drew was back in in the stands tonight it looked like there was no uh head on a swivel with the with the defenders out there or or as I would say watch the back door because Hoffman was kind of left alone and he was able to bury it and then get, you know, kind of stick handle past Hill to get the opening goal. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, look, the, the Sharks are a mess right now, right? Like the problem, like the there's like we have we have like a couple of forwards and like one good defense pairing right now. Um, <laughs> and like so kind of everything else is kind of a tire fire. Um, and yeah, I mean, obviously the defense wasn't that great on the goal. Hill wasn't that great on the goal. And just, it's bad. Like, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't a, uh, wasn't pretty. I didn't, I didn't like how they were, they were stacked out there, but, uh, the sharks were in it though. They were out shooting or they were just getting slightly outshot 10, nine after one period and, and kept them in the game, but I kind of felt like you guys, they're coming off their first long road trip since, you know, 2020 when they came home when everything shut down. Uh, and you can even go further as 
as to how long it's been since they've been on, on an Eastern road trip for that matter. Um, getting into the second period, Suzuki would take a hooking call. The Sharks really had the golden chances on their power play tonight, guys, but uh, they, they they just couldn't bury them. Uh, the first two I thought were lackluster in the first period, but but Landy would, I mean, for the... For the second period, I, I thought the one on the where, where Suzuki took his hooking call, uh, I thought they they looked fairly decent for that one. Yeah, I thought in that in that first um, you know that first portion of the second period, the team it looked like it was starting to find its legs a little bit. They were stringing together a few passes here and there, um, and I thought that Jake Allen did a really good job. You know, cutting down on angles um, and, and not only that, but standing up pretty big to the point shots. Um, it, it seemed like the team is still really reliant upon Brent Burns and Eric Carlson to generate a shot um, and, and have that shot get through. And that's kind of their only at this point, it's it's one of the few uh, few plays that I'm seeing this team just continually do over and over and over again. There were a few, couple times where they were able to kick it out to LeBanc or, or Eklund, um, and, and Eklund, I think, had a couple of good, really good sequences in that second period. But, you know, the guy for me that I'm, I'm wondering is is like, hey, you know, where where's the shot that we saw in those first two or three games? It's Kevin LeBanc. You know, I, he's become trigger shy once again. And... I, I don't know what it is and, and why he wants to default to, to being the playmaker, but he's he's got to to get his shot through and, and he's got to to be, I think, a little bit more um, towards the slot when he's taking his shots, because I'm noticing he's liking the um, the exterior kind of um, handle on the on the umbrella. Which is interesting because he was on the left side. He was in that Stamkos Ovechkin side uh, for for his his goal for his power play goals early on. Now he's kind of either even kind of like high at the point nearby or in that right side where Jumbo used to be. I don't understand why you would change your power play. I get that you know, you don't want to have it go stale, but my goodness, guys, I mean. <laughs> Why change it? Because now it's it's like five for twelve now, zero for twelve. Uh, you know, I, I think you got to get back to some of the ways that we're doing, and maybe because it was different, it was working. So we'll see on that. Continuing on with the second period, you know, Romanov gets his first goal from the point. Um, I hate to hark on the face-off draws, but this was one of those face-off draws that we saw from last year, Ian, where yeah, you know, they you know. The Sharks did win the faceoff battle this evening, but this is one of the ones that, uh, uh, you know, it reminded you of last year and made you cringe a little bit more with this play to make it 2 nothing. Yeah, it's. I want to go back to the power play for a second because I think something that, like, I, I really think about this game, right? Like, and again, I don't be a ghoul on Twitter and, and say, Ian said, bring a Vander Kane back. So that's not what I'm fucking saying. But like the Sharks have a $7 million hole in their offense. And like, look at Evander Kane's a piece of shit, but he's again, you know, two things can be true. Evander Kane's a piece of shit, but he's good at hockey. And he is a better hockey player 
than anyone the Sharks have trying to fill that hole. And it, it you saw it tonight. Like you think you think if Kane's taking a couple of shots that Balsers took, that one of those don't go in. And again, I'm not saying you have to bring back Kane. I just say you need to, you know, they're missing a guy in that slot that he would normally occupy. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, definitely not wrong. And and I think, you know, we saw that that youthful uh, exuberance in the in the first you know five games uh, that the team has played. But you know, like all rookies do. Um, and this team is a very young team. I think we're starting to see the regression a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, going into this game, you know, the, the things that were standing out to me were their possession metrics were horrible. And they happen yeah. to have a really high shooting percentage. Um, and, uh, you know, being low in shots and not having a good, you know, uh, a good game in the possession stats – uh, normally <laughs> that doesn't win you a lot of games. <laughs> no. And, so, mm-hmm. so I think the gray, I think that the gray clouds for me really started kind of after that Boston game. Um, uh, but I will say I saw good things in the Boston game and in the, um, Nashville game, but tonight, I, uh, it's like, where, where did you, where did the, the, the good systems play go? Like I felt like that when they when they were in their their four game win streak that they were playing to a system, you know that they were kind of attacking in waves, and mm-hmm. that kind of has has gone a, gone out the window. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean, we kind of saw we we saw the warning signs as the as that winning streak went on though, didn't we? Yeah, like we yeah. the warning signs were there. We just everything was better. We just didn't want to see them. And for good reason. Right. I mean, after the way last season went, <laughs> I'm going to enjoy a four game winning streak as, you know, as, as much as any other, as any other streak. But I, I think there was warning signs coming that ah, this, you know, the good, the gravy train might not roll as long as we think it's going to. Well, and that's where the sharks need to adapt and get things corrected. Unfortunately, they didn't get things corrected later on in the second period where uh, Gatchevich takes a kneeing call. I mean, it's, it's getting tripped up on on it and, uh, you know, sets up a power play where Suzuki throws it at the net. It deflects kind of off of Josh Anderson, and then Gallagher uh, bats it in. Almost looked like it was gloved in, but they looked at it and it was like, okay, and they made it 3 nothing. That's kind of when I knew it was done there but uh you know another power play goal and that's that's the tough part um you know and, and that makes it three nothing there after after two periods uh the go on the sharks would try to you know pepper in more shots and uh they they i think they put like 18 shots up in the third period uh couldn't do it but freaking you know uh, Jake Allen mm-hmm. has been. Jake Allen was great tonight. Like Jake Allen deserves all the credit in the world. I, I mean, as much as there's definitely issues that the Sharks had uh, in this game, but like I, I wouldn't want to do anything to take away from the night that Jake Allen had because Jake Allen had a, a good, a, a really, really good game. Like the Sharks, there, there's problems, but they also got goalie tonight. 
I, I think you'd be you'd be foolish to be like, oh well, you know, everything just sucks and blah, 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 blah. but they they got goalie tonight, man. They they really did. Like, I thought the third period they finally showed up, and I thought they had a good third. The Sharks had a good third period, man. Jake Allen shut the door, didn't let the Sharks get any life back in them, uh, and they tried. Like, I thought the this wasn't a, a good game for the Sharks by any stretch of the imagination, but um, I wouldn't, you know, I, I wouldn't want to take anything away from Jake Allen in this game either. I mean, 45 saves yeah. on the night. Go ahead, Landy. Yeah, no, I, I, I think the, the goaltending was good guys, but I'd also like to see a heat map uh, of where the shots were taken on, um, on Allen. Oh, tonight. I had one too. Damn it. I don't know where I put it. Um, but I, I wasn't seeing the amount of crashing I saw, you know, before, you know, there were rebounds to be had. And it was um, I, I think it was just a, a little bit ineffective of a, of a forecheck. You know, when this team is is pressuring with with two or three men down low, you know, they they retrieve a lot of pucks. And tonight it just seemed like a, a forward was out of position or, you know, there wasn't really, you know, they were, they were kind of flying a guy a little bit higher, um, you know, up. So they couldn't take advantage of, of breakaways. I, I saw, I think that they are trying to overcompensate a little bit. You know, sure. they, you've got, you've got young players that play, they like to play East West and they like to play with a lot of speed. And, and I think we're going to have to approach this like, Hey, look, they're going to want to play kind of like, like Toronto, right? Toronto mm-hmm. is, is not known for its defense, but you know, it sure is high flying and they have enough skill to more than enough skill to play that kind of a game. So I'm wondering if maybe the we're running into the team wants to play a, a, a different system than the coach wants to implement. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. And definitely had plenty of chances to be put up 20 shots on goal. Eklund had a couple of chances in there that to try to bury his first oh. NHL goal. Um, Eklund is like the only thing that like, like Eklund is like the one thing that always, I always come away from the game and go, ah, we have Eklund though. <laughs> like he's, he, he has consistently been a player that has maybe looked like, uh, out of place in that first period. But as the game goes on, he gets better. And to me, that's the mark in which you know you belong in the NHL. Yeah. When you can when you can grow your game within the game and understand and recognize, hey, look, I was out of place. I was kind of dogging it in that first period. I need to wake up and and start being more creative. Damn, in that second period, his vision just popped off the screen. The, yeah. the vision and the poise and the, you know, the the uh, the holding abilities, very, very rep- reminiscent to me. Ian, and, and maybe maybe you can can um, ping me on this one is Pavel Datsuk. Very, very impressed. And that's to me. Yeah, he's got that Datsukian vision. I'm not saying he has the footwork and the and the yeah, fancy I was gonna say, I think work. you got the wrong former. I think you got the wrong Hall of Fame Red Wing if you're looking for a comparable. Because it's Zetterberg. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, okay. okay. No, I mean, it's it's opposite sides of the coin, right? <laughs> but uh, but, but I yeah. Mean, but I mean, it, it, there's definitely something there, big time. Uh, oh with, yeah, with like Eklund. like his vision, the way he plays, like 
the way he avoids checks, the way he moves the puck around in the offensive zone, like it's just it's it's stupid good, and it always like always brings a smile to my face, which yep. in the last three games, not a whole lot of smiling going on, let me tell you. Yeah. But um, yeah, definitely brings a smile to my face. You know, a lot of talk uh, in the chat about, um, you know, getting Hitaka in for a game. And I wanted to hit that up, too, because we, we are we are men of the people. Um, <laughs> I would like to see this guy get a get a look. Right. I right. just the problem is, is who are they going to pull out to put him in? And that's the problem. Right. Like me, I would pull out probably Shimmick and put it. Hitaka and Lee Middleton. Middleton Carlson's like the only D pair that hasn't been an absolute tire fire so far this season. Like I'd, for, I'd pull Vlasic. Yeah, but that Vlasic's not getting pulled. Bob Bugner's not pulling out his seven million dollar defenseman. Like there's there's things that could actually happen and things that are never gonna happen, <laughs> right. Like I yeah, I would I would pull a Vlasic. I would, you know, I'd do a lot of things, but the reality is those things aren't gonna happen. Marco Vlasic is gonna skate eighty two games this season. Unless he gets hurt. And uh, so if Hatak is going to come in, he has to come in for somebody. I wouldn't take Middleton out. I think Middleton, like again, Middleton Carlson's been the one D pair that hasn't been a complete tire fire. I think they've been great together so far. Uh, all right. Now let, let's play another, let's play another what if scenario here. And, and it dovetails really good in the defense, uh, Ian mm-hmm. and, and puck guy. Um, how it correct me if I'm wrong, but there's another player besides Brent Burns and Mario Ferraro that that skate on the defense, right? Because um, you know, 28 minutes a piece for for those two. Yeah. Uh, I, I, like, yeah, and I like I don't wanna, and I want to I don't want to beg on like Ferraro has been good too, but that pair hasn't been good. No, and what right? I'm saying like is, I don't want like is, I don't want people to think I'm dumping on Mario Ferraro because I'm not. I just don't think that pair has been very good. And and, and I don't think it's their fault. And I don't think it's their fault. I think that it's Bob Bugner being stubborn and overutilizing the the Burns Ferraro pair. And and he should give a little bit more time to Middleton and Carlson. You know, you've got yeah. you've you've got I those two which can minute munch. I know, but I, the thing is though is <sighs> I don't know. I think I think minimizing Carlson's ice times probably helped that pair be better. I don't know if you want Middleton out there munching those kind of minutes. I don't think, I think that's the problem, right? Like you're going to throw Carlson out there. You're going to start putting him out there with random people. Like that's, that's the part where I think the, the concerns would come in because obviously like, I don't think Middleton, I don't think you want Middleton out there munching all those minutes with Carlson. I think then that D pair might get then double, then, then double shift Ferraro. Yeah. Then yeah, the, you know what I mean. If if because Ferraro, let let's let's face it. I think the best youth, most youthful legs on that blue line is Ferraro, and and he plays a hell of a game defensively. I think you could mm-hmm. pair him with both Burns and Carlson, and let him have the the twenty eight third. You know, make make him the ice time leader. You know, yeah. and and have him have him shuttle between Carlson and Burns. And, you know, that that's where there's kind of a, uh, you know, we're kind of dancing around it, but it's a Nikolai Kanijov sized hole on that blue line. You know what yeah. I yeah. mean? Yeah, no, it definitely is. I just, I just worry like who comes out, right? Like when Kanijov gets back, are they going to, are they going to send Middleton down? Cause he's not sh- like, or, yeah, he or, would be the guy. Or do you, keep, right. And that bugs me. Or do you keep Shimmick in, in the, uh, press box? I mean, I don't know what you do. Like, I, I think Shimmick, 
Like he had a couple of good plays the last couple of games. He's had he's had moments of of brilliance, but overall I haven't been impressed with his game. I I thought tonight he made some better pinches than he has recently. Mm. I I think he's pinched at times that have completely baffled me uh, in previous games tonight. Not so much. He seems to be getting that a little bit out of control. So maybe it's, you know, maybe it's just getting his, his skates under him. He's been a little bit better, but I don't think he's been great. I don't think he's even been good. You know, like I think he's, but I think he's been, I think he's better. Yeah. But I don't, but is that good? I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, I saw him jumping up in the rush and I saw a couple of really good slap shots. And and when I'm seeing him rush and get shots on net, that means he's kind of starting to feel good. So, you know, maybe maybe we'll see him kind of be on this upswing here in the in the homestand. And I think for me, at least this homestand is going to tell us a lot at where this team is at. You know, if it Mm -hmm. if it can if it can hover at 500 and continue to, you know, really just milk the the that four win um uh streak that they had and and like i said if you if you can come out of this 500 or better you know i i think that the team is in the right direction yeah Um, but i think that there are some major questions i think there are some major concerns and uh, I don't know. I I think it has more to do with the coaching staff than it does with the players. I think uh, I think I, I think this team is going to be like this team is going to be hard pressed. Like goals are hard, and this team's going to be hard pressed to put them up in any significant amount. And yeah. they're but the problem with that is is they're not good enough defensively to 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 you know to keep those scores. Like I don't think I, a couple of those goals Aiden Hill didn't look great on, but I don't think overall I didn't think Aiden Hill had a terrible game. I thought again, like he, like the rest of the team, got better as the game went on. Um, that that third one, yeah, you probably want back. Maybe the first one too, but I. But overall, I didn't think his game was atrocious. Like I know there was like a lot of like, oh, we just you know this is the new Martin Jones, and I don't, I I don't, I don't think so though. I don't think I'm I'm not there with Aiden Hill yet. Like. And it took me a long time to get there with Jones, too. Truth be told, I know, you know, recency bias. Everyone's been like, no, Ian, you always hated Jones. No, I didn't go back. It's all there. <laughs> There's receipts. Like, um, I, I I, didn't see, uh, like, I'm not drawing that parallel yet. Like, I, 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 yeah, a couple of those goals maybe weren't so great. But I thought overall, like, he didn't have a terrible game. And I thought, you know, and I think Reimer so far, when we've seen Reimer, I think he's been really good, too. So, um, it's the problem is this team is going to have a hard time manufacturing goals. You know, and, and somebody's, somebody is kind of chiming in on the chat where it's, um, you know, they're talking about why would you kind of want a middling team and, and to Ian's point about scoring goals, you know, I, I think for me, it's, I, I want an environment in which. Uh, you know, our young players can get the opportunity to score those goals. Yeah. Uh, At some point though, there also needs to be some accountability um, and, you know, moving bolsters in and around because that's a guy that I'd like to see a little bit more from, especially in these last three games. Um, You know, I'm, I'm, yeah, he's got to finish. Like I love bolsters, but man, he's got to finish some of those. Like there's just, and again, And again, I, that's not to take anything away from Jake Allen, who had a great game tonight. But like, 
you ought to finish, you know? You, you got to make, yeah. you got to bang those rebounds. You got to get to the net. I think we saw a little bit of that in the third period, but by then it was too little too late. Uh, Jake Allen's 45 saves shutout. <laughs> uh, it, it's, and, and Landy, like I told you, Ben Scrivens all over again. Ben Scrivens. Yeah. yeah. It Scrivens. is, it is the second, and I know you've seen on the scroll here, but it's the second most saves in a Montreal shutout since Jacques Plante did it, I think, against Toronto in 1955. Nearly seven. I heard he was ago. good. I heard he was good. He was so good, he barely had a mask on. You know, I mean, my goodness. So Montreal wins for the first time in this millennium. Yeah, I mean, do you want to be a middling team? Like, this, this team doesn't really have a choice, right? Like, it's, it is what it is. Like, this team is right. what it is, unfortunately. I think, I... And again, like this game wasn't good, right? But again, like I, with the way they finished, like I think if they, if they, if they look at if they, if this game ended the way the first two periods went, and we came on here, I'd probably be singing a different tune. Um, and, and look at those first two periods weren't good. Like let's get that out of the way. But you know, this 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 game was definitely as close to last year's tire fire as we've seen. Yeah. But we're not there. Like yeah, there this are, team there isn't. Are, there are like, some better signs. There, there are, there some, are better some better signs. signs. Like uh, this isn't like a complete. This wasn't a complete write-off game. Like again, yes, they need to show up before the third period for sure. I'm not going to dispute that. But coming up to the third period, right? Like I thought. I I thought you know coming to the third period, I was not happy. But by the end of the third, I was like, oh, I don't like it. Like I'm still pissed we lost, but. I was significantly less pissed than I was after the second period. I'll ask. Yeah, you. and I'm, and I mean, we, the the team was so bad last year, guys. I I have just kind of been like, you know what? Just baby steps. You know, let let let's let's get you know good wins or or at least you know have good losses, right? And I thought in that Boston. Um, in that Boston game that they that was a good loss because they had come back and really showed some fight. Same yeah. thing in Nashville. Uh, and and I'm seeing uh, like and it was very similar tonight. They definitely could have gotten some goals in that third period. I think that that's really what Allen got. Jake, yeah, they got goalie. Yeah. man. they like no that lie. They got period, yeah, that third period, I think, really stood out for me for for Jake Allen, because I think once he got the sights of the shutout, he he zoned in and yeah. um you know, so I saw some good signs of life, but I think now what I'm kind of concerned with is, okay, boys, well, we're starting to gain, you're getting more, you're getting stronger throughout the game. What is it that's not starting us good? You know, what, what, what is the, the, the drag in that first period at the, at the beginning of puck drop and, and maybe it's, it's deployments of, of lines or, or maybe, you know, it's, it's trying to, yeah, well, that too. And life as in hockey, <laughs> like you're, again, you're, win, you're asking right? guys like you're you're like you know I've I, I seen the shot you know Balsers isn't isn't a top six forward maybe he's not but he has to be on this team because who else is going to step into that role like again I am not saying bring Evander Kane back Evander Kane is a sack of shit but that is a you, you they're missing that piece replace, you're missing, missing that, that piece, piece right you're missing yeah. you're missing a top six forward. You know, a guy with that level of skill that can put pucks in the net. And you're asking guys that probably shouldn't be asked 
to replace that output. And it's and, not going to work. And that's that's the other thing too is that you're you're relying on guys like Eklund, Dolan, LeBanc to kind of cover uh, Dolan, up for for I think Kane. Dolan's been fine. I think Eklund, but, yeah. Dolan's been great. Eklund's been great. But you have to oh. but you have to match up to what Evander would bring be, would be bringing right now. Absolutely. Right. And again, Evander right. Kane's a sack of shit. We're not saying, you know, Evander Kane's the answer here. I'm just saying oh, I play fuck no. that caliber is the fucking answer. Right. Uh, not to steal your phrase, Ian, but fuck that guy. Yes, um, fuck that guy. Oh, absolutely yeah. fuck that guy. But, I mean, I, I'm looking at those that while you guys are talking. LeBanc without a goal in four games. Hurdle yeah. has one goal in his last five. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, yes, it's a small sample size, and it doesn't help that five of the seven games the Sharks have played, they've given up the first goal. They got to generate some more offense, and yeah. it's with the guys that they have to bring in. I mean, there's, I don't think, is there Noah Gregor or, or a John Leonard that's going to come up that's going to change that? Yeah, I'm not help. sure. I don't know. Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> the big one. So, uh, but what, two things I'll throw at you: uh, Saturday, 4 p.m. Is this a big game for the Sharks as they go up against Winnipeg? Especially after you get shut out from a team you shut out not even a week ago, um, and also is it Rymer's net on Saturday? Uh, yeah, I think winning you're in at this point, right? I, I think you just flop until someone catches a streak, right? I, I I think that's what you do. Like I I I again, I don't think Hill was terrible. I didn't like some of the goals tonight. I don't think he was terrible though. Like I don't think we should fire him into the sun or anything, but um. I think you got to see if one of these guys can get hot and ride the hot hand from there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm of the, uh, winning your in variety as well with the, uh, with the goaltending. Um, you know, I, I just think that right now, um, you know, whoever is, uh, riding the hot hand, whether it be goaltending or forwards, um, you know, there needs to be some fluidity to the lineup. Um, because this is a team that needs to know where some of its players are at, and they're not going to understand what they've got until they play them. So the same thing with Hataka, right? I, I would mm-hmm. assume he would get his first start on Saturday, um, because I think after that loss, they're going to they're gonna want to do some tweaking. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if Alexander Barbanov comes in um, and we don't see... Um, maybe a bolster sit or maybe um, a guy like Gadovich, although Gadovich might have bought himself some stock with that fight. Um, so yeah, I, like I think he's that's that's why he's in the lineup. He's in the line. If it wasn't him, it, you know, if Jeffrey Vial wasn't injured, he'd probably be in the lineup in that spot. So Gadovich doesn't offend me in that spot. Like I think that is the kind of guy who's going to fill that role regardless. Like it's not going to be a skilled guy anyway. So. But I think Gadovich has more has more offensive upside than VL does. I think. Yeah, I I, I don't have any issues with Gadovich. I think he's been fine. Um, yeah. I think he's fine for what he is. Like I think that he, you know, they I you know the the waiver claim made a lot of sense to me because he's a little bit you know he's he he's Adam Raska with a little more polish. Who I think Adam Raska was the guy that they were probably eyeing up there with VL being out. And they thought, you know, they saw Gadovich on waivers and said, well, you know, this guy's probably a little more ready for prime time. And, and I'm fine with Raska being on the Barracuda. Yeah. Same. 
So, all right. With that, let's. Um, I'll quickly recap things, and there's a own reason why I'm doing this. Calgary okay. with a four nothing win over Pittsburgh. They take over first place in the Pacific. Uh, they've been on a roll since they lost to Edmonton on opening night. See, I'm an idiot. I like again. Like someone in chat said, I'm an idiot. They're right. I am absolutely an idiot because I thought this team was going to be a tire fire this year. Uh, Speaking of tire fires, the Coyotes lose to the Lightning 5-1. to They are still winless on the gear. And, of course, up in Vancouver, uh, Ian, cringe for a moment here, the Canucks lose to Martin Jones and the Philadelphia Flyers 2-1 to on this one. Martin Jones posting a, what, a 964 save percentage on the night? Yeah, uh, it's it's looking bad for the flow. Um, you know what? I, I, I appreciate the chat, though, because, like, honestly, if anyone's like if anyone came in here and probably was like with the stuff that we had talking, like all the fire I had in my belly when we started this. And if, if anyone came in and like I, I credit you guys for not going for the easy, easy heat with me and being like, oh, we should have kept Jones because he'll garbage, too. <laughs> so I might have fucking lost it off the top. <laughs> uh Ducks lose to the Sabres in overtime, so the Ducks pick up a point there. Kraken win 4-1 to one over the Wild, uh, so they're at seven points on the campaign. Kings lose to the Jets, the Sharks' next opponent, 3-2 to two on, on that one. Dubois and Kopp, those names sound familiar if you were at the game uh, um, <laughs> opening night with all the goals there. So, uh, and so that's pretty much it. Uh, yeah, so... So two down, 18 to go for Martin Jones. Hashtag Ian Shapehead coming soon. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Uh, so. Fucking Martin Jones, man. Like, <laughs> that guy is, like, just the antithesis to my entire being. Right. Hashtag the pain po- he has caused me. Hashtag post-teal syndrome. Uh, hang, hang in there, Ian. It'll be okay. Nah, it's, it's Philly. He's not going to last. There we go. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he gets skewered eventually. You know, I, w- I was gonna gonna give one high school buddies who I used to hang and play roller hockey with a shout out, but then he goes go Kings. So screw you, Russell. Uh, oh, but man. good to see you, bud. Uh, but go to bed. It's twelve twenty. It's twelve thirty in the morning over in Idaho. So with that, let's get out of here. Uh, in case you missed anything and you want to watch this again, check us out on tealtownusa.com or your favorite podcatcher, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. It does mean a lot to us. SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and of course, always available at tealtownusa.com. Uh, went on, went pretty long tonight just because of everything that went down with Chicago over the last couple of days. I'm sure there'll be more fallout on Saturday uh, because the Sharks' next opponent is the Winnipeg Jets and their GM, Kevin Sheveldayoff. Will he still be their GM come 4 p.m. Saturday? Will remains to be seen, but we'll get to that when that happens. So we appreciate you sticking around, everybody, for joining us. Uh, Landy, your final thoughts on where the people can find you? It was aliens. <laughs> uh, no, final thoughts. Uh, quickly, I'd like to see the team um, start to address its first periods. I think it's starting to be a, a little bit of a of a trend here, and uh, I think it needs to be nipped in the bud. Um, and then as far as uh, where you can find me, you can use my first name uh, and my last name, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-D-I, on all the social media garbage. Landy, or, thank you very much. Uh, Ian, uh, what's this about Bangington swinging his stick at Kadri's head? Oh, Bennington's a psychopath. I, I, Jordan Bennington's meltdowns are 
like almost Tukaraskian legendary. Um, <laughs> he just he gets he gets mad. You know, it's like remember the the game last year where he went over and like he got pulled and then he went and beaked at um, oh, who was in it for the Sharks? Not Jones, the other guy, Dubnik. Like he's just he's he's a hothead. And if you can get him unglued, <laughs> he does really funny things. <laughs> Likewise with Katri. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, I mean Bennington's a psychopath. I love him. Like he's just goalies, man. Goalies. <laughs> goalies got a goalie. <laughs> yep. Yep, definitely. Uh you can find me at Ian Bloggs Hockey on the Twitter machine. Uh you feel free to uh at me about anything we discussed tonight. Just don't at me. Like, you know what you know what I'm tired of? Here here here's the thing on Twitter. I like I like having conversations. If you want to have a conversation with me, tweet at me. Just don't at me with stupid nonsense like, yeah, the shark sucked because X, Y, Z. Like, that's not a conversation, especially if it has nothing to do with what I just tweeted. Like, remember when we used to be able to just talk without just being angry all the time? I mean, I know I'm angry all the time, but like, <laughs> I, I'm capable of a conversation. Let's have conversations. Don't just tweet at me just random nonsense. Stop tweeting me nonsense. That's all I'm asking. Oh, boy. This could get ugly uh, and uh, uglier than than what I just saw with Kadri uh, getting a stick almost to his face. So we'll get out of here. The chop conversation continues on the Discord channel. So head on over there while I wrap this up and then have four hours to go to bed and wake up for work in the morning. So until Saturday afternoon, remember this time is at 4 p.m. for Hockey Night in Canada. Uh, we'll be on after the game. Until then, keep it real. Keep it teal. Keep it real teal. Have a great night, everyone. It's been a heavy week. Hang in there, and we will see you Saturday night.